Well, welcome, friends, to uh, your radio activist here, Mark Harrington and the Mark Harrington Show. You can pick us up on all the popular podcasting platforms and all the social media websites like Instagram and TikTok and all the rest anytime, 24-7, 365. And uh, we're going to be talking about a very important issue today, and that is we're going to look at the abortion question from the supply side of it. And you don't hear about that a whole lot because for good reason, because we're trying to end abortion by decreasing demand, zeroing it out if we can. And that is what we do day in, day out in changing hearts and minds on abortion. That's what we do here at Created Equal when we go to college and high school campuses and we're in the public square educating Americans about what abortion is and does. But there is another side to this that in some ways is neglected often. Um, if you're thinking about a land war, for an example, not using guns and bullets, don't get me wrong here, but there are two sides to the equation, two sides to the battle. You want to deal with the demand, decrease the need for abortion, but you can also squeeze the abortion in industry out of business. And so we're going to talk about that today. And my guest is, uh, is Missy Martinez Stone, and she is the CEO of Reprotection. Missy, thanks for being on the program. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here, Mark. Well, we, we love the work you're doing. And, you know, we've talked about this in the past with my good friend Troy Newman of Operation Rescue. You know, they were kind of the pioneers, if you were, if right. you will, on on the supply side of the equation. Cheryl Solinger doing great work there. Uh, really, you know, we stand on the shoulders, shoulders of giants that have gone before us. Uh, laying the groundwork for a lot of the work that you're doing, and you've just taken it to a new level. And so I want to talk about that today. When we talk about supply side, now, now that's my term, okay, supply right. side, if you will, to the abortion issue. Uh, what does it look like for reprotection? What, what do you guys do? Mm -hmm. So we are looking specifically at how these abortion facilities are operating. Um, we mm -hmm. know that abortion facilities tend to bend and break every law that they can. There's an entitlement that they are above state regulations, federal regulations, and agencies are, are really hesitant to uh, enforce laws on them uh, to regulate them because of the controversy surrounding abortion. And uh, so we're looking at the operational side. What are they doing to break the laws and how do we hold them accountable with those agencies? And the ultimate goal is to shut down the facility based on their right. own misdeeds. Right. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I've been to the Supreme Court. I'm sure you have. And there's been a whole lot of in the past before the Dobbs case, a lot of regulations that were before the U.S. Supreme Court. Right. A lot of restrictions, the laws, state laws. We've really trimmed around the edges of Roe versus Wade until recently when we started going to the heart of Roe by passing bans, outright bans on abortion. And one of the criti criticisms you'd hear is, well, you people don't want to end abortion. You just want to regulate it. How do you respond to that? Mm -hmm. Well, we know that the abortion industry, um, they're not just breaking abortion regulations. They're, ba they're breaking basic medical regulations. And so mm -hmm. these are people that should just not be practicing medicine, period. And, and right. our strategy really... They're, they are self-selecting out. You know, if they're not going to run their facilities in a way that is safe, where they're sanitizing their equipment, where they are treating their patients uh, 
ethically where they're they are monitoring vitals, then they shouldn't be practicing, period. You know, I said right. if if we could get every abortion facility functioning like an actual ambulatory surgical center, most of them would close uh, based on their mm -hmm. own practices. And that's not our fault. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, we've passed a lot of laws regulating abortion clinics here in Ohio. And it, it follows that if you're going to kill babies, right, if you're going to kill babies, which is against the moral law of God and should be against the law as far as the you know civil government, you're certainly probably you're probably not going to be following the other rules and regulations and laws in a state like Ohio or any right. other. So these are people that are lawbreakers and it makes sense that they would break the law and we should do what we can to enforce those. So let's talk about that. How do you get, say, a state like Ohio, which, you know, is more or less a red state, kind of a purple state more? Mm -hmm. How do you get states like Ohio, the government that is, to actually enforce these laws? We've had a whole lot of problem with that, and I'm sure that's a problem around the country. What do yeah. you guys do to get them to actually enforce it? Yeah. So we start with getting really clear evidence from firsthand uh encounters. So we're, we're talking to the women themselves or the pregnancy centers or the sidewalk advocates um, mm -hmm. that experienced these violations firsthand. And we document it in a way that there leave, it leaves no questions. Um, I know sometimes in the past, pro-lifers have in, in good, um, you know, with good intention filed complaints, but they didn't have standing. That was a, right. a really big issue is making sure we're getting information that would, that would hold up um, under scrutiny and that these agencies can't ignore. And so we start with getting really good documentation and then it's- And you really get those from whom? Who, who, who provides you that information? Mm -hmm. So we have uh, an official uh, partnership with Sidewalk Advocates for Life, the national group. Okay. So any of the sidewalk advocates that are out in front of the abortion facilities that are serving the abortion-minded uh, patients and their, and their families, if they see something, they're told to call us. And so we're getting- really good information um, from those contacts as well as pregnancy centers. Um, we partner with Heartbeat International as well. Uh, again, mm -hmm. reporting, we're the reporting organization for all of their affiliates as well. And we train them on how to collect information in a way that doesn't put the client in any kind of um, situation where she feels pressured or, you know, we're not publicizing it, um, but we've created a safe place for them to bring that information. So you have sidewalk advocates all across the country who are out in front of these abortion facilities. Uh, they are your best, uh, you know, eyes and ears on the ground. And it's that old saying, see something, say something, right? <laughs> it's just basically Absolutely. like the government and yeah. just report to you. Mm -hmm. And then you take it from there. I, yeah. I imagine you're getting all kinds of uh, reports from all around the country. So how do many. you, and I don't want to get into the weeds here, but how, yeah. how do you determine which one of these to follow up on and, and which ones you can actually use to to shut down an abortion center? Right. So we we have we take each violation kind of through a process of, of screening. So we have to determine first, did a violation even occur? So we go mm -hmm. to the state code. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, the way these laws are passed, these abortion facilities are exploiting loopholes. Um, they'll find mm -hmm. they'll get off on the smallest technicality. And so we have to go to the rules and determine did a violation actually occur. Um, and then we're looking at who was responsible. So and what's the protocol um, for filing complaints. But then we're really looking at 
do we have a strong community um, on the ground that is willing to see this through? Because these are long processes. I mean, some of these right. take upwards of two years. Do we have a strong commitment from the community to be involved with us, to partner with us and see this through? And then also, what does uh, whatever agency that's responsible, you know, what, is, what are their chances of, of, of investigation of responsiveness? And so we really have to look at these cases individually and say, what violation occurred? Who's responsible? What's the protocol? Do we have a commitment from the community? And if all those things align, then we can really delve in and and shut the, the facility down. My guest today is Missy Martinez Stone, and she is the CEO of Reprotection. And you can find out more by going to reprotection.org. And there is a, a, a part of the website that allows you to uh, send information, if you mm -hmm. will, to make a report on what you might be seeing out in front of these abortion centers. And so I, I really encourage you, if you're listening or watching the program today and you are a sidewalk advocate or you are someone who stays up on what's happening in your community with the abortion centers, to look up reprotection.org. And if there's anything that seems out of sorts, to make sure that you're communicating with them uh, because there may be some action that can be taken. Uh, Missy, I want to go to the question of, you know, when it comes to supply side, if there's still demand for abortion, we know that men and women are going to seek it out. And obviously we need to work to decrease that. And we're working mm -hmm. hard as, mm -hmm. as many people are. You know, I've had the accusation when we did some of this with our Project Week link, which was the exposure of medical waste companies say, well, it's just whack-a-mole. You're, you're whacking them here and they're coming up over here. And I'd always tell them, well, you know, that may shut down some abortion centers. And when that does, right. babies are saved. Yeah. Babies are saved, right? And so right. how do you respond to that as a, if you hear that criticism, if you do? How would you? Yeah, respond? I mean, it, this is where it, we really uh, focus on, this is a community effort. It's not enough to just close down the facility. And, and we said that as soon as the Dobbs decision came out and everyone was like, do you mm -hmm. agree we're going to have a job? But I'm in Kentucky. Oh, in fact, I think you your job is secure with the Dobbs decision. Uh, that's what now you have these abortion havens and these sanctuaries, right? Well, so, even yeah, in let's... states where abortion is illegal, like in Kentucky, mm -hmm. I mean, we had to explain to people just because abortion is essentially illegal here, how do we know that that's being enforced? Who is right. in charge of that enforcement? Um, how do mm -hmm. we know the abortion facility, again, is not exploiting the loopholes, but also women are now traveling to Southern Illinois, to Ohio, to, you know, right. and they're going to come back into our community with really horrific experiences. And so no matter where the abortions are occurring, the people in the community have to be diligent to, uh, you know, meet women that have these, these really traumatic abortion experiences. I mean, it really, like, everybody's got to be playing their part here. Like, it's not enough that we shut down the facility. Um, and, you know, say in Pensacola, that's great. And, and my prayer is that because it's not as easily accessible, that will be enough of a of a deterrent that some women will choose life, but some of them will travel. And so we need to make sure where they're going is also being investigated, that they're being referred back to pregnancy centers in Pensacola. Um, and we're, we're dealing with this on both sides. You know, there used to be an old bumper sticker. I haven't seen it recently. It says visualize abortionists on trial. <laughs> I was like, well, that's where they belong. I mean, yeah. it, whether we get them for killing babies, which, if, you know, we are now starting to see laws passed that are mm -hmm. going to 
criminalize abortion and send abortionists to jail. Right. But we've also seen abortionists like Kermit Garsnell go to jail yeah. because of what he did. So there is a there is there are other ways to get to the to get to the final um, to to get to that conclusion of actually bringing justice to mm -hmm. the ones that perpetrate abortion. And that's what you're yeah. trying to do in part. Yeah. Right. And the, and the people I, I try to explain to people, even pro-choice people um, can get behind the fact that a lot of these physicians that we are investigating, and I know that you have seen, there's a reason they're in the abortion industry. They probably couldn't mm -hmm. work anywhere else. Um, most right. of the time they have a history of medical negligence. They've had multiple medical malpractice lawsuits. We've had cases where, uh, you know, the abortion facility owner has had their license revoked because of, of drug trafficking. I mean, the, the people that are drawn to this industry are not on the up and up um, mm -hmm. and should not be practicing medicine anywhere. And so uh, you would mm -hmm. think that that would make it easier. Um, but these agencies are just so reluctant to step in. Even, you know, we have a, another case um, where the abortionist was convicted of Medicaid fraud. I mean, these are not physicians um, right. that are practicing ethically, you know, period. Well, you know, my good friend, Mark Crutcher, who unfortunately yeah. passed yeah. away in the last week or so, used to say that abortionists are the bottom feeders of the medical yes. community. It's true. Yeah. And that's what, who they are. And so we should be able to catch them in their misdeeds. Yeah. Let's finish up with this question in a post Roe America. OK, mm -hmm. where, where Roe versus Wade is no longer the law of the land as far as it goes with the Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, how do you see this working out? I mean, we have this patchwork now of abortion haven states or sanctuaries and abortion free states. Mm -hmm. You've had some successes in closing yeah. abortion centers. It, it, share a story of, of one of those successes. Yeah. So we've shut down two abortion facilities in Florida. Um, we stopped two facilities from opening in upstate New York um, and, and, and another state. We've had some places fined. But even in post-war America, I mean, we're having... Uh, more laws being passed. Uh, and then you've got these abortion sanctuary states. I mean, enforcement is still a problem everywhere. And so yeah. um, in states where it's uh, that are abortion havens, they're going to be breaking, again, general medical practitioner laws. We've got mm -hmm. issues of human trafficking, of, uh, you know, not reporting uh, abuse on a minor. So we're seeing those in states um, where the, where abortion is protected and we can still take those to the appropriate agencies. Um, and so really we've just developed strategies for every state, what is their current situation um, and how can we strategically shut down those facilities depending on where their state has now landed in a post America. Well, what I really appreciate about your organization is I understand the meticulous work that you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I've seen I've seen it done with others in the past and I just can't imagine the amount of detail and patience it yes. takes to prosecute I say prosecute meaning to to yeah. see through the process of actually bringing these uh these laws to be enforced and bringing yes. these people to justice. So Unless uh, you've not, done it, you truly don't understand how much time this takes. And which is why we try to explain to people, it's so crucial that there's an organization like Reprotection that is solely dedicated to doing this. It takes full-time people to go through each violation, figure out what the you know violation was, who's responsible, and then follow up. I mean, this is a full-time job. <laughs> 
It is, but you, you you do have your sidewalk advocates. If you would, leave us with some parting words. Speak to the audience, those who are listening, who are activists, who are out on the streets, who see things going on at the abortion centers, and they think, well, you yeah. know, that, seems, that doesn't seem right. What can they do? Yeah, you can always report uh, uh, on our website, reprotection.org, or you can send an, uh, an email to info at reprotection.org. And our director of investigations goes through every single uh, email or, or violation that comes through, and then we'll be in touch. But really, anything that feels off, anything when you're talking mm -hmm. to a woman, um, anything that she says where you go, that doesn't sound right. You know, give us that information and, and we can determine um, what's going on. Um, and if you're at a pregnancy center, we do have a class on the Heartbeat Academy platform that actually teaches you how to document these violations while uh, adhering to HIPAA, you know, and, and um, not distracting from your main mission of, of serving those women. But you can take the class at, on Heartbeat Academy, and, and that would be a really good resource, too. My guest has been Missy Martinez Stone, and she is the CEO of Reprotection. And you can go to reprotection.org. And I encourage you, if you are an activist or you're someone out front of the abortion center or you run a pregnancy resource center in your town, to keep them in mind, if you see something that's out of sorts with the local abortion center, report it to them and and they'll work with you to bring this uh, to enforce the laws that are already on the books. Mm -hmm. Missy, we appreciate all the hard work you're doing and we look forward to working with you in Ohio as well. Yeah. God yeah. We've got a lot to do in Ohio. <laughs> a, lot, a lot to happen here. Right. Amen. Thanks for being on the program. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mark. So you've been listening to your radio activists here on the Mark Harrington show. And uh, we'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.